BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Oh, should we start this show? Yeah, I'm down. Just buying a car in Carvana first. Oh, for real? Yeah, it's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions. Ooh, that's helpful. And now just customizing my down and monthly payments. Ooh, that's a very fair deal. Yep. Boom. Just bought a car. And you get to take me to the Carvana vending machine in a couple days to pick it up. Ooh. I'm kind of busy. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Hour two of Clay and Buck. It's going right now, everybody. We had mentioned that we want to talk to you about the situation of the Russia-Ukraine war a little bit as we're right around the one-year anniversary of the uh, Russian invasion of that country. You have Zelensky promising that this is going to be the year of uh, victory. We are, at this point in time, told, I think it's important to discuss all the different assumptions and and beliefs around this. Um, We're told that Ukraine is uh, in a good position to to win, you have to assume, to win, and then we're going to back them until they win. This is the entire Democrat Party along along with this. I mean, no no person of any note in Democrat circles is opposed to this. Bernie Sanders, AOC, they're all Ukraine. Got their U- Ukraine flag pins on, probably all that stuff. And on the right, Republicans, Lindsey Graham, many others, very big proponents. Mitch McConnell, big proponents of. Not just the continued support of Ukraine, but a whatever-it-takes strategy uh, in terms of our support and, and our backing for this. So right now, I think it's worth noting they have already accepted that, Clay, there's substantial cost, that, that things are more expensive as we talk about uh, inflation. Now, that's mostly spending, but there is an inflationary effect that comes from, uh, or a, a price effect, I should say, that comes from the disruptions in particularly fossil fuels out of Russia, uh, grain out of Russia. So things have gotten more expensive uh, in some places because of this. That affects the American people. The global economy, which is so much driven by the combination of either fear or greed, right? Markets and speculators and how people invest or don't invest money is. Am I going to get richer or am I scared I'm going to lose all my money? These things all affect the the price of everything from what you buy in the store to uh, to how your 401k is doing. So there are costs that that have been associated with this so far. But right now we're seeing both sides escalate pretty 
dramatically. Uh, the Ukrainians are getting ready for a major offensive against Russia. The Russians have called up hundreds of thousands more uh, reserves to fight on this. And we just sort of hear vague stuff, um, vague stuff from the administration about what's going to happen. Uh, for example, here is Defense Secretary Austin, who is no longer wearing both an N95 mask <laughs> and a plastic face screen in front of it. I mean, that honestly, I, I don't want anyone in charge of anything who thought that was a good idea. I don't want them. I don't want them in charge of of any certainly of, of the uh, Defense Department. Here is. Uh, Secretary of Defense Austin on where this whole thing in Ukraine is going. Play 17. When you look at this and you're making your assessments, do you think this ends with negotiations or does it end on the battlefield? Most likely it will end with some sort of uh, negotiation. And what the Ukrainians are, are interested in is getting their getting the Russians out of their sovereign territory. And I think that's probably going to be their going in point, point. But, you know, I'll let the Ukrainians speak for themselves. It really feels like we're just going to keep going, and what? We're going to hope that there's a massive withdrawal of Russian forces from Ukraine and that Vladimir Putin goes, okay, you're right, I'm done. That's what he thinks is going to happen? It's it's such an interesting and important question and one we have been raising for a year now. How does this end? In most negotiations, Buck, both sides feel like they got something. You may not be 100% happy. One side may get more than the other. But I haven't even really seen a discussion other than Ukraine saying all Russian forces have to leave, which doesn't seem like it's likely to happen. How does this end? That's the question that I think should be being asked. And the problem that we have now is if you say, how does this end? People say, oh, you're a Russia apologist because they are presuming that the only way it can end is with Ukraine evicting Russia from every bit of their soil. But that seems impossible now, Buck, just based on the fact that we know that everybody is digging in and you effectively now have trench warfare. How is Ukraine going to break through these Russian trenches? It's one thing to say, okay, They've stopped Russia from advancing aggressively, but the loss of life that would be required to take defended trenches is so substantial that it seems like the idea that Russia is not going to end up with some part of Ukraine is almost impossible to comprehend. So I, what, I, is the, what, are both, what are both sides willing to get to? It feels like it should be a negotiated peace now. I also think it's fascinating to watch the change in Democrat sentiment around this because I remember when you had the initial, and it was a small scale, but it was an invasion of eastern Ukraine by Russia, the sham, depending on who you ask, but it does seem to be a sham, it's military occupation. Having a, a referendum under military yes. occupation, you know, tends not to be free and fair election time. But the uh, referendum they had in, in Crimea, so they took a big, valuable chunk of Ukraine and just said, this is now Russian Federation territory, no ifs, ands, or buts. That'll happen. And the Obama administration let it happen, didn't want to do really anything about it. I mean, the, I remember when the big debate was, well, we don't want to send them anything that's going to provoke Russia, so let's just send blankets and helmets. Remember, this is oh, under yeah. the Obama administration. We're not going to send the Javelin anti-tank missiles. We're not going to send 
Dragunov uh, sniper rifles, which would have given them a little bit more of a, a infantry long range capability for the for the Ukrainians. And so we didn't think the world was ending when there were these parts of of Ukraine. And I, I, let me rephrase that. It wasn't affecting Americans' day-to-day lives when there were parts of Ukraine that became parts of the Russian Federation before, but now they've created... I am deeply distrustful of this narrative that there is a domino effect that will happen unless we do this all the way and back Ukraine to the hilt. First of all, the same people who are telling us this, and I mean the same people, not just in general terms, the actual same individuals in the Biden administration who are claiming this, thought that we were going to be able to count on the Afghan National Army to fight against the Taliban when we withdrew. And that was one of the biggest intelligence failures since Iraq WMD and that whole debacle, right? The the fight, there was no fighting. It was like, oh, no, the Taliban's in charge. So the same people are telling you, don't worry, this isn't going to create a greater escalation from the Russian side of things if we really back them. And also the stories that that we're hearing from people that uh, I would think would know better that Poland is next or NATO is next. If we don't, you know, we're all in on defending Ukraine or else all of Europe will fall to Russia. That's crazy. Yes. When people say that, I think that's insane. There's no way that is. It's not that I don't think Putin would want to do that. He is completely militarily incapable of doing that. So why are they using that as an argument if it's so obviously untrue? Well, I think that's a fantastic question. I also think this one, Buck, we're $31 trillion in debt. We have given $100 billion, roughly, to Ukraine now. How long does this money pit drag on? If we're correct, and this has basically entered a trench warfare style of battle, this could be, we're at one year now, would it be crazy to you, Buck, if in five or six years there is still some form of trench warfare going on between Ukraine and Russia? It doesn't seem crazy to me at all to think that could happen. Could. Are we going to commit hundreds of billions of dollars more to Ukraine to defend because now we're pot committed. And what I mean by that is we've given them $100 billion, but as soon as we stop providing war material to them, the argument's going to be Russia is going to gain. And so are we actually, even though we spent $100 billion, are we saying we'll spend $500 billion? Are we saying we'll spend 800 Like what is the point where the American taxpayer – says, hey, I don't know that I want to fund a never-ending war over the Ukrainian border. I think those are very legitimate questions that should be asked, um, and I don't understand why they aren't a more part of our public discourse right now. I mean, Russia had two wars in uh, Chechnya, two invasions of Chechnya, and uh, and they stretched on for for years yes years and years and that was a much smaller scale conflict than what we're seeing in ukraine so there's not going to be some moment in the in the relatively near future when all of a sudden the russians are saying you know what we're not we're not warlike enough to continue this we're going to stop this whole thing in fact the deeper in they get the deeper they're likely to get after it right they're going to throw Bad money after good money, so to speak, if you're an investor. They're going to decide that they've spent so much that they yeah. have to spend more you're blood pot committed and treasure. For, for, for gamblers out there, you raise the stakes so much that you keep putting more money in, and you're not necessarily holding a very good hand. Yes. So, you know, the other thing that I'm hearing, and it's just a remarkable shift from one year 
from um, from the American side of things, I remember uh, when there were debates about should we provide F-16s? Should we send them planes? You know what a lot of people are arguing now who are in favor of this conflict? Since we don't believe Russia, th- this is the this is the theory. I think everyone should know this. There's basically no consequence to America from this other than the financial cost, which they always are going to downplay and say is not that bad. Since there's really no risk of a Russian nuclear escalation, which you also from the you know Ukraine flag people in this country usually hear, Russia would never do anything to dramatically escalate in Ukraine. This is their uh, again their theory, and this is what is out there. Why don't we just give them everything then? Meaning, give the Ukrainians everything right now, all that they need, every weapon system, flood the zone, whatever, whatever we can give them that will kill more Russians, we should give them. That is what we've gone to. And, and I'm talking about the same people who a year ago were saying, ah, you know, I don't know, we give them heavy weaponry, we got to watch out here. All of a sudden, the incrementalism has been in effect for a year, and now it's just kitchen sink time. Give them everything we got. 10 billion here, 30 billion there, 110 billion so far that we know about, and that doesn't include anything that's off the books. You wonder, like, where does this actually go? Because I'm going to say this right now we're not about to see the Russians get kicked out of Ukraine by the Ukrainian forces. It's not going to happen. I, I think that's the ultimate crux of the question. And for people out there who don't see the incrementalism and the continuing step up, the fact that we're giving them tanks now to me means at some point we will give them fighter jets in some form or fashion and the question that i think i asked on monday as we came up on the one-year anniversary was what would the reaction be in america if one of our adversaries was giving a enemy as many of uh their resources as they could to kill americans at some point you would say that country is responsible for some of the deaths, right? I don't think that's an irrational perspective for someone in Russia to adopt, whether you agree or disagree with the invasion. And, and, and be lost in all this, by the way, is we've already seen this move between Russia and China to get a whole lot closer, and China recognizing support of Russia as in its strategic interests. So that relationship's about to get a lot closer. And Iran. Zelensky, Zelensky, and Iran, Zelensky has said, if China backs Russia, it could lead to World War III. I don't want to hear anyone say, oh, that's overheated rhetoric, Buck. I'm, that's not my rhetoric. That's Zelensky's rhetoric. China's doing that. They're in the early stage of doing that. And you're going to have a much closer relationship between Russia and China, which is clearly not in our interest. So it's just the people that are telling everybody, shut up, we know what we're doing, have a track record of failure. And I mean the people in this country. I mean the ones who are working in the Defense Department, I mean, the senators who are big loudmouths about this on TV, they have a foreign policy and national security track record of being wrong over and over again. And their argument to me right now boils down to, we don't defeat Russia, all democracy goes away, shut up or you're a Putin spy. That's not a compelling argument. That doesn't hold for me. So this is why, you know, I'm suspicious. It's not to say I don't recognize... What Russia's done here is you know, monstrous, and it's uh, you know it's a violation of international sovereignty, and we, uh, that's all true, of course. How do we stop this from getting much worse? How do we stop this? And you know, another part of this is there are Ru- Russians are being called up. You're gonna have hundreds of thousands of Russians killed in this war. Now you could say, oh well, it's it's their fault. They're being called up by their country. They're being conscripted. 
They're, they're not being given a, a choice. So my point isn't, you know, oh, poor, poor Russia or poor Ukraine or anything. It's just, can we stop the loss of life as quickly as we can before this turns into a half million person loss of life on both sides, a million person? And I'm talking about the casualties from the armies. Mind, you have started adding the civilian casualties. It's out of control. You have no sense of urgency from the Biden administration to end the fighting. The only sense of urgency is the taxpayers will pay anything so that Russia loses. I worry about that. You know, we'll see where this goes, but I have big concerns. Switching gears here for a second, we've partnered with the Preborn Pregnancy Network clinics nationwide to help them achieve their goals this year. They're the largest provider of free ultrasounds. They introduce mothers with unplanned pregnancies to their unborn babies. That's just one of the caring ways in which Preborn helps mothers who visit their clinics. But it's really the most important way, because once she hears that heartbeat, once she sees that precious life growing inside her, she is twice as likely to choose life. And that's the goal that Preborn works toward every day. Preborn receives no government funding. All of their work saving the lives of babies is completely dependent upon you and me, the pro-life community. Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies. That's more than 150 babies a day. They provide love, support, and counseling for up to two years for free. Each ultrasound is just $28. Five of them cost a total of $140. Think about that. $140 is tax deductible as a donation, and you can help save lives. Not just saving the life of that baby. Think of the impact that has on that mother who will now have this, this child to love and be with her for so many decades. Call pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 from your cell phone. Say baby or visit their website. Go to preborn.com slash buck. Preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. Sponsored by Preborn. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! 
and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Fantastic Friday all over the country. Crazy weather. A lot of places out there that are not used to getting snow, getting snow. Maybe a lot of you hanging out around the house more than you ordinarily would. Hope everybody is safe and enjoying the crazy weather if uh, you are able to. Um, And I thought, let's go ahead and take some of these calls on Friday. A lot of you from a variety of different perspectives, but we talked about the first hour and a half so far. Um, Let's go with uh, Larry in Providence. Larry, what you got for us, my man? Thanks for listening. Hey, guys. God bless. Uh... I just want to say that the imagery of a mayor creep in East Palestine uh, yesterday with the safety goggles, yes. uh, the construction helmet, the safety vest, like, oh, he's getting his hands dirty. Yeah. I mean, it's so sickening how they try to think the American people are so stupid. It's like Obamacare oh, with 100 people behind them dressed in doctor's box. They love their imagery. Yeah, it was crazy, Buck. You saw that, too. Uh, By the way, let's get a quick call in here to David in Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, Actually, we got to go to break here. So we will talk to David in Beaufort, South Carolina. He wanted to weigh in on this crazy Murdoch trial. Uh, No better way to protect your family and yourself than having the right supplies in your home for any unforeseen occasion. Monster storm, a lot of storms out there right now, snowstorms all over the nation, larger national disaster. I mean, look, there's been a baby formula shortage all over this country for months on end. Why would you not go ahead and get some food insurance if you can? That's what we did in my house. We have got a three-month emergency food kit. Uh, My wife, Laura, she hooked our entire family up One for each member of the family. These will last for years. No issues at all with food insurance in the Travis household. Right now, when you order one, you'll also get $200 worth of survival gear as a free bonus. So go check them out right now today at MyPatriotSupply.com. You hope you never need it, but it's a lifesaver. Make the purchase today while you're thinking about it. MyPatriotSupply.com. Free shipping to MyPatriotSupply.com. You know, we often talk to you here on Clay and Buck about issues of the criminal justice system and and the crime wave that has uh, hit the country really since uh, the BLM movement in 2020. You, You can trace it by the numbers to June of 2020. All of a sudden, cities across America got more dangerous. More people were being shot, stabbed, robbed, raped, assaulted all across the board. Something happened. There was a change in in perception when it came to law enforcement. There was a change in the action of prosecutors' offices. And a lot of this is driven by a story that we've been told by the media that that was growing for years from Soros-backed prosecutors to MSNBC and CNN and the New York Times that the criminal justice system is far too harsh in this country, that good people who just make a little mistake have their lives ruined in the criminal justice system, and so we need a dramatic, dramatic uh, overhaul of it. And part of this included the Trump administration and the First Step Act and Jared Kushner's push for changes to sentencing and a a whole range of issues. Uh, That was not the right way to go. 
This has not been good for the country. And I'll just give you, you know, they always will say, we have all the data. You know, the, the data is very clear on this. Clay and I talked about that all the The data is irrefutable that this has been a disaster. But also anecdote or stories, I think, really illustrates this, too. Keep in, We've already established the data. You've already seen the biggest increase in hom- homicides nationwide in 50 years, or actually since they started counting ho- homicides at a national level. Down here in Florida, which actually Florida as a state is at a 50-year low in crime, but there are still crimes that happen here. There are still issues in Democrat-controlled cities of the criminal justice system. There is a 19-year-old who has just been arrested the last 24 hours for murdering three people. Um, Keith Melvin Moses, he was taken into custody, uh, sorry, late Wednesday night. This story has gotten a lot of attention. One, because it's a triple murder, including a nine-year-old girl. He also uh, is accused of murdering at 11 a.m. the TV reporter who showed up to cover the initial shooting of this woman and her nine-year-old daughter. The initial double murder, the TV reporter showed up uh, to cover the murder. And this now also they're telling this gang member, known gang member, Clay, Shut up to the scene and murdered the journalist. Yeah. All right. And now there's video as well of cops arresting him. And this has shown up. Uh, New York Post has this and, and other places. Now, I, I talked to you about the story of, oh, we're too harsh on criminals in this country. And the criminal justice system is so racist. Therefore, the criminal justice system is too harsh specifically on minority men who it's uh, you know who who are who are getting these unfair sentences. This this triple accused triple murderer now. Who guess what? He's going to go to prison for triple for killing three people as he should. Um, he has a rap sheet clay stretching back to when he was fourteen years old. He was arrested in January of twenty eighteen on grand theft auto. What do you think he pled down to? Misdemeanor trespassing. I was going to guess mis- uh, and, trespassing. Yeah. Folks, this is what is happening all across the country. And then what the left-wing Soros prosecutors would say, oh, my gosh, look at this guy. All he's ever done is criminal trespass. Why would you, you know, and then the triple murder happens, and we're supposed to say, well, hold on a second. Where was the system failure? The system failure was over the last eight years or so where this individual was a serious threat to his community but he wasn't quite 18 so what do they do even though it's assaults and 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 serious crimes and felonies they kept pleading it down to nothing clay this guy who just committed the triple murder had not served one day in jail one day in jail and and we're told that they the criminal justice system is so harsh so we have to change all the laws i think the challenge in general is we allowed as a country the story that criminals were being treated too harshly to take root to such an extent that Republicans even bought into it. And so everybody's trying to reduce the amount of prison time that everybody has to serve. And if we are going to err in one way or the other, I think, unfortunately, we have to err on the side of keeping people behind bars. And you'll remember, Buck, in the 90s, when the crime rate was skyrocketing, 
we passed the three strikes and you're out, and that was the the way it was described. I believe it was three felonies, and you got – was it life in prison? It was something extraordinary in terms of the punishment. And sometimes they would come out and say, well, the three felony counts that this guy pled guilty to are not that severe, and, man, it's unfortunate that this guy has to be in prison. And I agree. Sometimes there were people who went to prison for too long. But Very far rare. too often, Very far rare. too often, people are going to prison for not long enough. And so we have allowed this conversation to advance to the point where the idea of the criminal justice system as unfair has taken such root that we're going to have to go back and directly attack the idea of this equity-based initiative in the first place because, and I would encourage every Republican listening to this to take this exact talking point, being concerned with being too kind, too tough, I should say, too tough on criminals is a luxury of a low-crime environment, and we are in a massive crime environment, and the equity cuts against a buck because people who are being the victims here are minorities. So this is not equitable. This this, this disproportionately impacts... The uh, the you know ninety nine percent of predominantly minority communities who are committing no violent crimes and want to live their lives in peace and security and so that's the reality here we even we've even even had articles written I mean Bill Barr the former Attorney General wrote in the Wall Street Journal about how in a city like New York which has eight million people there are basically ten thousand people who are committing all the violent crimes but that's enough to create a ripple effect through all of the people are scared and think of all, you know, 10,000 people, some of them are going to engage in a whole host of crimes against people. They might commit 50 or 100 crimes. You start to see how that can really affect the feeling and the safety of a city. By the way, back to this now alleged triple murderer, Moses, including a nine-year-old girl, okay? This just happened in Orange County uh, in, in the Orlando area. You can look at this guy's list, Clay, uh, of, of previous offenses. I talked about he stole a car. They, they pleaded it down to misdemeanor trespassing. He was then sentenced later on. He was arrested, I'm sorry, the same month, Clay. He was arrested and charged with domestic violence. He pleaded no contest, sentenced to a year of community control, which is, you know, a person can only go to their home, work, school, public service. I mean, basically nothing. I mean, there's no real enforcement of this. In 2015, he was arrested on a burglary charge, pleaded not guilty, and the case was dismissed. In the following years, he had arrests for resisting an officer. He had arrests for failing to appear in court several times. He was charged with robbery with a weapon, effectively armed robbery. You know what they they amended that? I mean, this guy just kept just kept breaking the law, serious crimes over and over and over again. And prosecutors, uh, prosecutors and judges decided to make it all go away for him because they didn't want to seem too harsh because they think that there's a disparate impact because this isn't socially acceptable anymore to punish people who are a threat to their fellow human beings. And now three people are dead, including a nine-year-old girl. This is what progressive prosecutors, this is what criminal justice reform, as the left wants it, creates in city after city all across the country. I just think everyone needs to know the truth of what's happening. And that's what they're fighting about in particular. We talked about this yesterday in St. Louis, where there's now a tension between the red state 
apparatus of the government oftentimes, which is, you know, in Missouri, for instance, you have Republicans in most statewide elected office, and they're trying to force the St. Louis prosecutor to actually enforce the law. And it's turned into a major battle. And I think you're going to see it playing out many different state and city battles uh, going forward. And I just I, t- I told Clay this yesterday. You know, the, there's that case of the, uh, you know, blonde haired sorority girl who got just completely annihilated drunk and started shouting racial slurs. Very, you know, stupid and, and very bad thing to do. And kind of swatted at a police officer with, with her bare hand. This this woman probably weighs about 115 pounds. She's facing 15 years in prison, everybody. Okay? Never broken the law before in her life. So I just when we're talking about the criminal justice system and you know how it's applied and where it's applied, interesting that the sorority girl who you know who has never committed a crime before and didn't actually you know what she's she's getting charged with? They're, they're, they hit her with many felonies. It's because she shouted racial slurs. And so that that will get her a stiffer sentence in the criminal justice system than a lot of things that actually, you know, physically hurt people. Um, so this is this is the, the reality of the system as we see it. Back in the day before iPhones, if you wanted to record something, anything, you needed a camcorder, adapters, batteries, a VCR and videotapes. Those tapes came in either 30 or 60 minute durations. Once you're done, you label the side into a box. Now those boxes are kind of dusty, right? I mean, where are they? In the attic, in the basement? When was the last time you actually watched those tapes? Do you even have the ability to do so anymore? Regardless, those tapes were never meant to last more than a couple decades. If you want to preserve what's on them, check out Legacy Box. This is U.S.-based. It's a company that digitizes old media into a format that you can enjoy and share with family today. It's so great. Because once you get this done, you can text or email these photos and videos. You can pull them up on your phone, on your laptop, enjoy them with friends and family members whenever you want. Clay and I have both used Legacy Box. They make the process so easy. They send you a box because, you know, it's Legacy Box. You put your stuff into it, old photos, VHS tapes, whatever. Just put it in there. They'll take care of everything. It's so cool. And they send it back to you. They've, they've laid it all out piece by piece, and they put it in little special packaging. They treat your items with tremendous care. And they digitize the stuff that's on it better than anybody else. So it's so easy. And in about three weeks' time, this whole process is completed. The best way to describe this experience, my friends, it's just bringing back old, great memories. It's like a time capsule. Right now, they're offering 50% off their regular prices at Legacy Box. It's a great deal. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck to get that 50% discount legacybox.com slash buck again legacybox.com slash b-u-c-k across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in texas it's and not or See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, 
And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's online, on-campus, and hybrid learning environments are designed to help you achieve your unique academic, personal, and professional goals. With over 330 academic programs as of September 2023, GCU meets you where you are and provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Let it flourish. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. It may stun you. Some people don't agree with everything that either Buck or myself say on the show. You can always reach out, 800-282-2882, and disagree, as Al in Bloomfield, Minnesota is. Al, you believe... Uh, in the uh, the war in Ukraine, and you don't uh, agree with some of the things that Buck and I have been saying. Fire away. Right. Um, one thing I think we're missing is a, a lesson from the past. What I'm referring to is Neville Chamberlain, for example, before World War II. He signed the Munich Agreement with Hitler in 1938 that ceded uh, the uh, Sudetenland to Hitler. Well, Hitler just didn't take over the Sudetenland. He took over all of Czechoslovakia, followed by Poland and France, and we see where that went. Al, you're talking to two of the biggest history nerds on daily media anywhere. So Buck and I both know. So, Al, our position What what, what about What about Vietnam, Al? Yeah. How about the lessons of Vietnam? What about the—well, I guess— what concerns me is appeasing a dictator. I totally understand the idea of appeasing a dictator, and we have talked about this, and I appreciate the call. Look, again, people have different opinions on this. Buck, you and I have said for a year now that this idea of comparing Putin to Hitler is not a historically analogous situation because Russia doesn't have the ability to invade multiple countries, and they certainly aren't going to invade a NATO country, and bring on full-scale NATO involvement. So I don't – look, you can totally say I want to spend a trillion dollars to defend Ukraine, right? That is a political position that an American could have. 
But the idea that we have to do it because otherwise Putin is going to do what Hitler did and run rampant throughout all of Europe, causing a world war, I do not believe is a historically analogous situation. I think you agree with that as well, Buck. Yes, I mean, this This is, does, does anyone really think that there's a, given the trouble that Russia has had in Ukraine, which which barely had an army when they invaded, that Russia would then go on to invade the rest of invade the rest of Europe. I mean, that's that's the belief. I I, I don't really understand how anyone can make that case in, in any seriousness, and, unless we're we're to believe that somehow Article Five doesn't count, right? It, you can't have it both ways. It can't be we have a, a, a debt of honor to Ukraine and a, a spend a hundred billion dollars, and and if we won't do that, well, we we wouldn't. We wouldn't actually follow through with NATO Article 5 uh, obligation for common defense. I think we absolutely would do that, and it would be insane for uh, for Russia to push on in, into Poland. I guess what they'll say is, well, it would be smaller, you know, Transnistria and, and Moldova and the, and the Baltics, and they'll do smaller actions here and there. Uh, the Russians have been doing that for a long time. <laughs> they've, they've been engaging with Russian-speaking populations in different places outside of Russian Federation territory in the hopes of using that and leveraging that for strategic depth. But this brings us back to, okay, so if, if, if the answer is all of democracy fails and everything falls apart unless we stop Russia in Ukraine, then why not send, why not have the, you know, 82nd Airborne land? Like, wh- why not just go for it? If, if, it's, if what they say is true, that the entire freedom of the free world relies on us defeating Ukraine. And by the way, I think this is lunacy, but I'm just saying, if that's true, then why have any limitations on our aid? Why are we even having this discussion, right? If it's as important as they say, we shouldn't be worried about giving them everything. And by the way, you're starting to hear people actually say that. So this is what we're heading toward. And the whole notion of reprisal from Russia or escalation is getting lost in the sidelines. You know, oh, they won't use nuclear weapons we know they won't use nuclear weapons. It's quite a bet to make. It's a huge bet, particularly when, again, this question we asked, and we've been asking for a long time, let's presume that Putin decided he didn't want to be in Ukraine. How can he end the war in Ukraine without losing his hold on power in Russia and admitting that it was a colossal failure? Nobody has been able to explain to me how that's possible. Maybe it is. Maybe Putin can declare victory and pull everybody out of Ukraine, and he can still remain in power. I don't think that's very likely. And if that pressure gets ratcheted up, if you back someone into a corner, then the methods that they potentially would adopt become more and more dangerous Look, for the country. I, I think this has to be remembered. The Rus- Ukraine is, in the Russian psyche, central to their security. I know that we, we got to talk a little bit more about this, Clay. The Russians under Putin will fight for 20 years and lose a million men over Ukraine. They're willing to do that level. So we think that we're going to help the Ukrainians beat that amount of resource and will. I mean, we'll see. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation made a promise to ensure we never forget. Since then, Tunnel to Towers has been committed to supporting America's heroes and their families. Heroes like U.S. Army Specialist Michael Hook. Hook was killed in Iraq when his helicopter was shot down. He enlisted in the military after graduating high school and left behind a pregnant fiancé who gave birth to a son that he would never meet. 
But thanks to the generosity of friends like you, Tunnel to Towers paid off the mortgage on his family's home, relieving a financial burden and bringing stability. The foundation helps Gold Star and fallen first responder families, as well as our nation's most severely injured heroes and homeless veterans. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. America's heroes are counting on you. 95 cents of every dollar you give goes directly to its programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices our heroes have made for us. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.